Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And Albie, it is looking pretty dire across Australia with regards to COVID, but I'm not going to get caught up in the negatives. I'm going to focus on the positives and the party that's going down in the Spill Facebook group because we have got this amazing recommendations thread for TV and movies that all of our Spillers are watching. I love it. This is your life's work at the moment and how dedicated you are to it. And your message to the world is, yes, things are going to shit, things are bad, but hey, join our Facebook group, get a TV wreck, have a fun time. Well, from one celebrity feud, lol ass, not really, to another, <laughs> well, it was a bit of a segue, we'll go with it. Christina Aguilera has today weighed into the Britney Spears conservatorship battle, but to understand the true importance of her statement, we need to take a look back at the torrid, decades-long history of these two pop sensations. Before we jump into that juicy deep dive we have to do the news headlines of the day i have news what's the hot gosh i want more headlines the celeb friendship between musician ed sheeran and everyone's favorite neurotic friend courtney cox has been well documented so we know that ed sheeran regularly stays with courtney when he's out in la and together they've created some great viral moments recently remember their rendition of ross and monica's routine yes so good and then of course the video message to lisa kudrow where along with elton john ed and court sang tiny dancer or as phoebe buffet would say tony danza so ed was also the one who introduced courtney to her longtime boyfriend which is snow patrol singer johnny mcdade anyway that's the history Well, it seems as though the friendship is just as iconic privately as it is publicly. This week during an appearance on The Late Late Show with James Corden, Ed Sheeran revealed the kinky gift, sorry, I've got to keep the sexy theme going this week, (laughs) that he cannot stop ordering for Courtney during his stays in her McMansion. Here's the audio. She has this Alexa thing in her house and she goes, Ed, isn't this wonderful? This is my Alexa. I can just order whatever on, on this. So she walks out of the room and do you know what a gimp mask is? You know, like an S&M leather gimp mask. So she walks out of the room. I'm aware of And them, I, go, yes. I go, Alexa, order me a gimp mask. And it goes, OK, Courtney, I'll order you a gimp And anyway, so unbeknownst to me, Courtney's assistant found it. She opened the uh, post and she finds his mask and instantly goes, oh, I don't think I was meant to see that. <laughs> and leaves it on Courtney's bed. And Courtney comes up and she's like, where did this come from? Anyway... She found out the story, and then now every time I go back there, I order her another gimp mask, and she has maybe, like, 12, and then I hide them in people's bedrooms, so they'll go in a drawer and they'll just find this, like, leather S&M mask. And she had, she had two people come and, like, look at her piano to try and buy it, two absolute strangers going into her house that I found out about, so I left a couple of masks on the piano as well. So. <laughs> Well, James then cut to a clip which Ed revealed was actually made by Courtney for his 30th birthday. Let's take a listen. Ed, happy birthday. I just can't believe it. You're turning 30. 
and now we're in this pandemic, and here I am on set. And um, Courtney, we need you oh, on set, you please. I just want to say thank you so much for all the protection. These have really come in handy. Honestly, Courtney Cox is one of my favorite celebrities on the internet right now, and their friendship is just so cool. I want to be like them, LB. We've got to just like work on our epic pranks, but no scares because you know I'm scaredy cat. I would love to order random sex toys to your house. And actually, you're locked down at the moment, so maybe I could. I've got your address. I've been to your house. I know the oh entry point. God, what have It'll I started fine. here? No. I'll leave gimp masks all around the house. What could be better? Okay, Spillers. Well, we've only just realized that we actually have two back-to-back sex toy stories today. So, you know what? It's what we need in the world right now, so buckle up. Headline number two. Buckle up, I just realized, was a really unfortunate use of words. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's some sound effects. Thanks. So Cara Delevingne is finally breaking her silence. I hate that term, but it's so funny when celeb stories to use it. On those infamous sex bench photos that were taken of her and her ex-girlfriend, Ashley Benson. So the very infamous photos were taken in 2019. And yes, they were paparazzi photos. They quickly went viral. They were just everywhere you looked. And the photos showed the two women. They were moving into a house together. They were just unpacking their own furniture, you know, getting it done. And then there were all these really prominent photos showing them carrying a sex bench which people later found out was called the Master Series Faux Leather Sex Bench, into their house. So people then started zooming in on images of the sex bench and they could make out the kind of like instructions or the sell points that were on the packaging. So the tagline said things like ergonomically designed for deeper penetration, perfect for a spanking punishment, or punish and restrain as you see fit. And people were quite obsessed with them as a couple at the time, like they were these celebrity couples. So that's why these photos were kind of just like Christmas come early for tabloid media. Well, now in a recent interview for Cosmopolitan's July and August issue called Curious About Cara Delevingne's Sex Toys, and I have to say, Cosmopolitan, yes, I am. The supermodel discussed her passion behind finding the latest and greatest sex toys because she also has like her own line of sex toys, but she's very like experimental and she also is very like big on promoting them to women. So she's got a whole thing going on there. So when asked about her relationship with Ashley Benson, she confirmed that they did start dating in 2018 and split in 2020, although they're still on friendly terms. And Kara says that the main thing she remembers about that day they carried the bench in, it was that the bench was very heavy. And she went on to say the pictures are just hysterical. And even though she finds it funny now, like she was laughing it off, but she said those particular pictures, because they went everywhere, led to all these security concerns for her because in the back of the pictures, the front door of her house, the number of her house, window access, all this stuff is very visible. And she said there are a huge amount of security concerns and there were even multiple break-ins to her house because of the viral sex bench photos. So eventually the situation just got so bad and so dangerous for her that she had to move out and that's how she ended up in the vagina tunnel house that she now lives in. Stop. What a story tale. <laughs> that is so funny. I mean, isn't it just ironic that like something that was so funny and the world really loved ended up being a bloody security concern for them. I know. And it wasn't even the highlight of the article. Like she was just laughing along and thinking that's so funny. She's like, oh, by the way, I got robbed multiple times, but lol, what a fun memory. So the article itself is very good. We'll link the full article in the show notes for you to read. 
Well, Christina Aguilera has this week issued a statement about Britney Spears and her ongoing public fight against the conservatorship that she's been in for 13 years, following from her explosive court appearance where she spoke publicly for the first time about the situation and also said that her family was being abusive and controlling towards her. So Christina Aguilera posted a long statement to her Twitter account and she said... These past few days, I've been thinking about Brittany and everything she was going through. And she wrote this next uh, picture of the two young women as girls, probably from their early years performing together. It is unacceptable that any woman or human wanting to be in control of their own destiny might not be allowed to live as they wish. To be silenced, ignored, bullied, or denied support by those close to you is the most depleting, devastating, and demeaning thing imaginable. While I'm not behind the closed doors of this very layered and personal yet public conversation, All I can do is share from my heart what I've heard, read, and seen in the media. The conviction and desperation of this plea for freedom leads me to believe that this person I once knew has been living without compassion or decency from those in control. And it's that part of the statement that we really wanted to kind of focus in on today because obviously they've known each other for decades, they worked alongside each other, their career trajectories went in the same way. And now Christine is saying that this person that she used to know has almost morphed into a completely different person that's so different from that picture of those two little girls together that she shared. And it kind of got us thinking about how their story started and how their careers were intertwined over the years. Yeah, definitely. The particular part of that statement that really hit me is when she said, to a woman who has worked under conditions and pressure unimaginable to most, I promise you she deserves all the freedom possible to live her happiest life. Like, it reminded me of this video that Christina did for W Magazine back in 2018 where she was breaking down some of her most iconic video looks. And in it, she talks about her first ever video for her breakout song, Genie in a Bottle. And she comments on, you know, like the midriffs that she and who she calls Brit Brit were wearing at the time. But what always stayed with me was what she said about this time. At that point in my career, I was still playing the label game. And um, I remember just being in these fittings where, you know, I would be watched by certain members of the label. And it was very like, well, that's approved. That's not approved. This is approved. So it was super confining and super restricting. And it made me feel like, you know, a weird Barbie. They have just had such a similar time both coming up together at the same time that if anyone understands what Britney is going through it's definitely Christina. Yeah exactly because they met at a very young age when they were cast in Disney's The All New Mickey Mouse Club in 1993. They had actually worked together prior to that so there was always that kind of thing of they were the two young blonde kind of child stars that were being molded into these pop queens. It was actually the two of them and Jessica Simpson because remember how Jessica Simpson so she was in the Mickey Mouse Club and then they brought Britney Spears in booted Jessica Simpson out put her and Christina Aguilera together and then kind of even though there were kids on the Mickey Mouse Club show even tried to make them rivals back then so it's so weird to think now all these women kind of coming into their 40s having decades in the industry and their first memories of being in this kind of music machine were being told as children that these three little blonde girls had to fight against each other and then that escalated in the kind of late 90s when Christina and Britney both released their music so obviously Britney had her first single come out in 1998 Baby One More Time which even now Rolling Stone still says is like the biggest kind of debut single of all time and then Christina Aguilera came out in 1999 with Genie in a Bottle and they were both seen as like look at these two Disney girls who are now sexy and dancing in these skimpy outfits and from then on they were always kind of thrust against each other to the point where that 
rivalry that was in the media began to leak into their personal lives. Yeah, well, around that time, they were really kind of being billed against each other just through comparisons. And Brit was kind of seen as this, you know, good Southern girl with good morals. And I don't know why, but for some reason, Christina Aguilera was seen as the naughtier one. And this was before Dirty. Looking at Genie in a Bottle and Baby One More Time next to each other, they're both pretty much the same. But I can't help but think there's kind of a bit of an underlying race theme there because obviously Christina Aguilera is half Hispanic. I wonder if that's what the undercurrent was for the media to kind of start that off. And then that's something that Christina really started to embrace. And then finally in 2000, so, you know, a couple of years after they've released their debut song, they kind of want to dispel the rumours and come out very defiantly at the 2000 MTV Music Video Awards to introduce Whitney Houston. But then three years later is when it all really starts to kick off after their very infamous MTV Awards performance with Madonna. Do you remember that one? I do. This is where all the fighting kind of started. And when I say fighting, like most of it was happening in the press, but I think this is the moment where the gloves actually came off between the two of them and they started actually making comments about each other in the press. But going back to that infamous performance, so we've got Madonna kind of walking down the stage. She does this massive big performance and it all culminates in Madonna kissing both Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera on stage. But as we know now, the two kisses were not given equal airtime, even like as the show was being broadcast. Yeah, well, what happened is they were doing this mashup of Madonna's songs and then they came on for Like a Virgin and it was just like blowing people's minds, you know, these two virginal pop princesses that came up when they were 16 and 17, now like in their early 20s, sharing a kiss. But no one really got to see Christina Aguilera's kiss because who was sitting in the audience? Well, Britney Spears' very famous and very freshly new ex-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. And many years later in 2018, Christina appeared on Radio Andy with Andy Cohen, where she opened up about what she kind of really felt at that time. And I think that's really what pushed their feud into the public. And I always wondered, did it bug you that they cut away for the ex-Dina kiss? It was weird. And you know why they cut away for it? They cut away to get Justin's reaction. Because she had kissed Britney and was Justin It was a Justin reaction Britney shot. at the time or? No, they were exes, but still it was just like right. a, a cheap shot. It was right, like, right. Okay. But that's an- that's annoying to me because I don't think people actually totally realize that she made out with both of them. Yeah, that yeah, day. yeah, yeah. It was because um, I definitely saw like the newspaper the next day, and it was like, oh well, I guess I got left out of that. Right. One. Yeah, and it's, she was very much right to be upset because all the newspapers the next day, a few of them even went so far as to call her sloppy seconds of that Madonna Britney kiss because all <gasps> the photos. Stop. Yeah, exactly. There's like an E online, and of course Daily Mail and all those publications that printed those headlines because the photo they used was of Madonna and Britney kissing with Christina standing off to the side looking a bit like shocked and then there were all those little round insert photos of Justin Timberlake's like angry face and so that kind of really kicked off their animosity and then Christina gave an interview to Blender magazine in 2003 where she said that the two of them had completely fallen apart from kind of the MTV awards and the coverage that came from it and she said every time I try to start a conversation with Brittany, well, let's just say she seems nervous the whole time. She seems like a lost little girl, someone who is desperate and needs guidance, which, I mean, there might have been some truth to that at the time. And then Britney Spears appeared 
appeared in the magazine's next edition, because obviously back in the day you had to wait for the next magazine to come out or otherwise this would have just taken place on Twitter. So they had a lot of time to kind of let this stew. And Brittany said, a lost little girl, question mark. I think it's probably the other way around. I can't believe she said that about me. And then she went on to tell this story of Christina Aguilera confronting her in a nightclub where she said, Christina came up to me in a club in front of all these people and tries to put her tongue down my throat. I say, it's good to see you, Christina. And she goes, well, you're not being real with me. And I was like, well, Christina, what's the definition of real? Going up to girls and kissing them after you haven't seen them for two years. So obviously there was a lot going on then. And the thing is, they both gave these wide ranging interviews about other things, but it was only these quotes about each other. They got pulled out and put into this kind of big media spin about how much they hated each other. But also, to be fair to the media at the time, which obviously we know how bad tabloid culture was, but the two of them did feed into it for a very long time. Like, when they were asked about each other, they would really give quite negative comments. And obviously, it's because they would see the other one being goaded in the media to make negative comments so that they would respond. And it was a time then where people really, like, nowadays people would call them out and be like, you know, don't bring women down, all that kind of stuff. But back then there was like a feeding frenzy over their fight and people loved to be either Team Brittany or Team Christina. And then in 2004, so this is a year after they had that clash through Blender magazine, Christina Aguilera was headlined as criticizing Britney Spears' wedding to Kevin Fedline, saying that her engagement ring looked like it came from QVC, which for anyone who is not aware, that's not a very nice thing to say. And then she said, I know Britney. She's not trailer trash. I'm not sure why she acts that way. It got a little dicey there for a moment, but I think definitely after Britney's kind of much publicized divorce and her public meltdown, you see looking back at the media that Christina Aguilera really softened, I think, with her comments publicly because she could really sympathize with what was going on with her. And she, you know, went on to say to Daily Mail in 2008 that it was a funny time that when they both started releasing records, you know, it must have seemed like they were competing with each other. But in reality, you know, they always had this like very good friendship and looked back on their memories in the Mickey Mouse Club fondly together. My theory on this is like as Christina saw just how critical the media were being to Britney and all of the things she was going through, I think that kind of surpassed any battle they were having or any feud that they were having and anything. She just wanted to be friends with her again. And Britney even said that publicly in a get this blog post. Remember when like pop stars were oh, doing yes. blog posts? I remember this. So yeah, in 2015, yeah. Britney wrote a blog post, you know, saying that she'd love to be close with Christina again. So it did come full circle. But for me, hearing her talk today, like a lot of people have come out and given statements about it. But really hearing from Christina brought a different kind of perspective because I think the difference between Christina and Brittany, ultimately, you know, there's issues of mental health, of course, but ultimately the support system and the family that were really looking after them coming up. And unfortunately for Brittany, she just didn't have that same support system and went a completely different way. And I wonder if Christina felt like, you know, a couple of different decisions she could have made. She could have easily seen herself down that path. Yeah, exactly. And also, interestingly, Christina Aguilera has been pointing out the way the media and just fans in general have pitted her and Britney against each other for the last couple of years. Like, she's really changed her tune in the last couple of years and has been pointing this out. But it's only as this resurgence for free Britney, it's only as these tables of how we talk about Britney Spears has flipped that we start seeing that feud in a different way. Because she said in 2018, 
it's been hard to hear us both being called names over the years. And she said, I remember being hurt by all the comments that were made about the two of us. But she said, the worst thing is that Brittany and I have always been pitted against each other. Her is the good girl and me is the bad girl. And basically saying that no one was able to let them get out of those two prisons until this year where this whole kind of free Brittany movement has bubbled up. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. God, that era is just my favourite to talk about. I could talk about it for hours. Or maybe we'll take the chat to the Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to plug it (laughs) again. We did it at the top. Sorry, there's a Facebook group. You should have said. What? Little old me? While you're listening today, if you're loving us, if you're loving the effort we're putting into recording from home, please follow us and leave us a review. It means that our show gets higher in the ranks and then more people can become spillers and then the show can get bigger and better. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.